welcome to the DadCast Podcast. I'm your host, Lavelle Lamonnier, and as a Christian man, a husband, a father, a grandfather, business owner, professor, and proud U.S. Army veteran, I've gained some unique perspectives on some of life's issues. Therefore, this podcast is designed to give a dad's perspective on everything from A to Z. Let me give a great big thanks and shout out to our sponsors for this episode, we have writeitout.tech where you can get all of your academic writing needs met. You can find them on Instagram at writeitout.tech or on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, we have Lamonnier Photography where we see the world through a different lens. You can find them on Facebook at Lamonnier Photography and Videography, uh, on Instagram at Lamonnier Photography, and on Twitter at Lamonnier Photo. Miss Muzz Link Specialties, the best homemade links in Boudin this side of the bayou. You can reach them at 832-589-0709 and you can find them on Facebook as well. And our final sponsor for this episode, Just the Beginning Event Planners, the one-stop shop for all of your special event planning needs for a fresh start. And a new beginning, contact Just the Beginning Event Planners at 409-466-9826. Let's give them a great big round of applause. Hey, I always like to give a shout out to my lovely wife, Dr. Gabrielle Lamonnier, who is the co-creator and co-content manager of this broadcast. Thank you so much for helping me uh, come up with great content to talk to our audience about. All right, we're going to get into our investment tip for this episode. Uh, I was looking at the NASDAQ.com website and I found some interesting uh, bits of information about investing. Uh, First thing, and for 2020, things have kind of changed a little bit. Um, we're investing a little differently than we have in the past just because the circumstances in our society have changed. And so the first thing we want to do is keep it simple. Investing can be a time-consuming process, but it doesn't have to be. Because now we have combined all of the different stocks and the various arms of the market indexes um, that they're associated with. So it's very simple, very easy, and a good way to get your feet wet when investing. Make sure your portfolio is diverse. You want to balance your portfolio out and excuse me, and give yourselves the best opportunity for increase. Allocate your assets appropriately for your age. An overly aggressive portfolio isn't the best thing to have when you're right on the cusp of retirement. And similarly, A bond-heavy portfolio is generally way too conservative if you're in your 20s. So make sure you allocate your assets appropriately for your age group. Also, remember, have plenty of cash on hand. The old adage that cash is king still rings true today. Stocks could be volatile this year as the nation grapples with this, continues to grapple with this pandemic. That's why it's smart to have a healthy sum of cash on hand at all times. And finally, think long-term. In 2021, you need to make a number of specific investment decisions. Uh, But whatever you do, think for the decisions that are based at least over a 12-month period. 
The moves you make in 2021 should tie into your long-term strategy. Remember, it's a long game, not a short game. All right, all right. Here we go with our dad joke of the day. You ready for it? Let me get a drum roll, please. Did you hear about the power outlet who got into a fight with a power cord? He thought he could sock it to him. <laughs> All right, it's a bad joke. Funny to some, not so much to others. Well, all right, here we go with uh, today's episode. I think it's a pretty interesting topic. Hopefully, you will feel the same. Hey, I'm always one to think about the what ifs. You know, what is there? What if there's life on another planet, uh, in other galaxies? What if there are uh, things that have been myths that are really true? These are all things that cross my mind from time to time. Maybe I'm a little weird like that, but hey, I'm sure that there are others out there who think like me. And so uh, today I want to talk about ocean mysteries. Is there life under the ocean? Do these things really exist or are they just tales that people have come up with through the years? Let's take a little bit of time and look into it and see what, what's out there, what, what information is out there under the ocean. You know, one of the things that we know is that 95% of the earth is water. And we know that that most of that um, water has not been discovered or explored uh, by man. And when I say man, I mean mankind. And so uh, when we think about the ocean and the mysteries of the ocean, we hear all these different tales uh, of the ocean and we wonder you know all the are these things really true are there really monsters sea monsters uh, did they really exist what about mermaids is that fact or is that a fantasy the Bermuda Triangle for instance is that fact or fish fiction did life begin in the ocean so when we think about these things, I think they're pretty interesting. I think they're things that we can, you know, think about, talk about, debate or whatever, have a conversation over, get your coffee out, get your tea, get your beverage out, and let's have a chat about ocean mysteries. Hey, what monsters have really existed in the sea? And if they did exist, are there any left? Webster Di Webster's Dictionary defines the word monster as an animal of strange or terrifying shape. Uh, by this definition, the creatures that dwell in the deep ocean are true monsters, miles beneath the surface where sunlight can no longer penetrate, exist an eerie world of cold darkness. This is known as the abyss. It's a world of strange and sometimes grotesque forms. Some of these animals here have evolved the ability to create their own light with a technique known as bioluminescence. <laughs> they use their lights to attract prey and ward off predators. Sea monsters. Do they really exist? There's an old tale about Hercules battling a hydra in ancient Greek mythology. And this imagery animal, imaginary animal, has suffered from a rotten reputation ever since. Unfortunately, the Hydra 
has a living relative of sorts that is the octopus. Even now, misconceptions persist about the octopus, also known as the devil fish, and it has been doomed to play the villain in more than one movie. Although this illustration only only shows seven heads uh, in, 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 in the movie, the Hydra was said to have nine, and two new ones would appear whenever one was chopped off. Strange as it looks by today's standard, it's a picture of a dissected head of a giant white shark actually marked that actually marked significant progress in marine biology. What about the giant squid? Uh, on December, on a December day in 1848, a sailing ship called the Pekin was becalmed off the Cape of Good Hope near Southern Africa when a crew member spotted a strange creature in the, in the African water. Careful examination of the animal by use of a telescope revealed it to be a snake-like uh, creature with a large head and a shaggy mane. Many believe this is the often elusive giant squid. The sea serpent turned out to be 20 feet long. Uh, it looks like floating seaweed with a root shaped like a head and a neck. We think about these things, there are often phenomena in the water that we just can't explain. There's the oarfish, uh, one unusual real creature that might have been mistaken for a sea monster is known as the oarfish, a strange eel-like animal that has been measured up to 25 feet in length. I know you're saying, you know, these are things that can easily be explained. But the truth is, can they really be easily explained? What about the basking shark? It's a creature that is more likely to be mistaken for a sea monster after, it's, uh, after it is dead rather than when it is alive. Basking sharks are the second largest fish in the sea, and they can grow to lengths of 40 feet. Like the great blue whale, they are harmless. They're filter feeders. Uh, with very large mouths. They skim the surface of the ocean, eating tiny floating plankton. The, the water exits the shark's mouth through large gills uh, on the side of its head. So that's another thing. All these animals, all these things that are out in the ocean, we don't know if they're really true or not. When sailors make reports of unidentified type of um, creatures in the ocean over years they've painted pictures of them they've drew pictures of them they've told tales and we've wondered is it true or is it not true one of the the ones that is uh, held a lot of discussion has been mermaids is that a fact or a fantasy stories of mermaids have been told for centuries uh, be it in the forms of folklores legends or fairy tales Images of these creatures have plagued artists and writers in their efforts to bring to life the mystery, beauty, and yes, the eroticism of the mermaid to their audiences. Some still claim even today that they exist. You can look all over the internet. If you Google it, you'll see the first several photos of a mermaid. You'll see images of a half woman, half fish. Uh, the mermaid and the merman legends 
begin with the worship of they begin with the worship of gods, as do many of the methodologies. Uh, this information has been divided into three categories, and so to help us kind of understand uh, what we're talking about, the earliest representations and descriptions of these now well-known creatures can be tracked back as far as the 8th century BC. The three stages of mermaid mythology are, the first stage is merfolk as gods. A look at the birth of the mermaid mythology and how it began as pagan water deities and supernatural female water beings. Then there is merfolk and Christianity. The role of the mermaid mythology changed significantly with the growth of the Christian church. This is a look at how and why the myth survived when so many other pagan deities didn't and what the new role of the mermaid was. And then the last category is merfolk and the rise of science. For a long time, the mermaid was believed to have existed even by educated men. With the rise of science and the enlightenment, the tides turned back to try and disprove the existence of such creature, such a creature as the mermaid. This being done, the role of mermaids changed yet again. Now, the Babylonians were known to worship a sea god called Onis, Oenus, or Ea, E-A. It was reputed to have risen from the Ethrian Sea and taught to man the arts and sciences. In the Lover today, uh, you can see an 8th century wall scene depicting Oenus as a merman with a fish-like tail and the upper body of a man. The Syrians and the Philistines were also known to have worshipped a Semitic mermaid moon goddess. Uh, these things are all out there. I mean, you can go on and on and on about these things, but there are tales, and who knows if they're true, about mermaids actually existing. The Indians believed in mermaid-like creatures, Japanese and Chinese legends talk about mermaids, Greek and Roman mythology speak of mermaids, Poseidon and Neptune were often depicted as half men and half fish, and so it's all over different, um, different time frames and different uh, societies. Mermaids have been a talk a topic for a very long time. So whether it's science, whether it's uh, mythology of some sort, we do know that mermaids are of consideration. And let me let me just stop for a minute and talk about this. For those of us that believe the Bible, in the beginning God created the earth and everything that's under the earth. That means the sea and everything that's in it. Now, does that mean that there is life or could have been life under the sea? Does that mean that there's life on other galaxies? Is there something so special about Earth that human life can only exist on this one planet? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a deity. I can't give you a definitive answer for that, but I think at least from a rational standpoint, a logical standpoint, if there's life on planet Earth, there 
is a great possibility that there's life on other planets. And I believe that there could have been life in the ocean. And who knows, there very well may still be life in the ocean because there are parts of the ocean that man simply cannot get to. Everybody's heard of the Bermuda Triangle, a region of the Atlantic Ocean between Bermuda, Miami, Florida, and San Juan, Puerto Rico, where disappearances of ships and planes not only continue, but continue to defy explanation. It was Halloween 1991. Radar controllers checked and rechecked what they had just seen. The scope was blank in a spot now. Everywhere else, all seemed normal. Routine traffic was proceeding and undisturbed. And in their vectors, they tracked and they were uninterrupted. But just moments earlier, there had been a tracking of a Grumman Cougar jet. The pilot was John Verdi. He and his very well-trained co-pilot, Paul Lucaris, were on a flight toward Tallahassee, Florida. Moments before Verdi's voice had crackled over the receiver of the flight center, he said, uh, this is November 2-4 Whiskey Juliet. I am, uh, 25300. Request ascent 290 over. Permission was quickly granted. The turbojet was then seen ascending from 25,300 feet to its cruising altitude of 29,000 feet. All seemed normal. They were still ascending. Verdi had not yet rogered reaching his new altitude. Radar continued to track the cougar until for some unknown reason it simply faded away. Verdi and Lucaris answered no more calls to respond. They had sent no mayday to indicate a problem. Readouts of the radar observations confirmed the unusual. The cougar had not been captured at all, descending or falling into the sea. Frankly, it had just vanished while climbing. It simply faded away. One sweep, they were there. The next, they were gone. Gian Quasar, author of Into the Bermuda Triangle, says, Approaching the subject from the back door, so to speak, free of the hype and public forum, has yielded more startling information. For instance, no more than a few disappearances of airplanes have been reported over the last two decades, yet mystery has struck with skillful hands. Searches of the database of the National Transportation Safety Board reveal some 75 aircraft have gone missing. Projecting Coast Guard statistics on missing boats is truly mind-boggling, perhaps reaching over 2,000. Often when faced with what these reports contain, we come away jolted. It has caused us to, to revise several well-known cases and it has made possible to present accurate accounts of what has transpired over the last 20 years. These last, we must presume, are here to the public presented for the first time since we don't know of any other during this period. So this, this guy, this author, he writes that, hey, these things are unexplainable, but they may be true after all. There are a bunch of theories out there. There have been numerous theories 
concerning the Bermuda Triangle, magnetic variation, vortex kinesis, kinesis, I'm sorry, methane hydrates, time, and being the Hutchinson effect. Although the Bermuda Triangle looks like a bucket of water, when compared to the oceans of the world, it does in fact cover about 1.5 million square miles and roughly 500,000 square leagues of sea. It's also known as the Devil's Triangle. The region involved, a watery triangle bounded roughly by Florida, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico, measures less than a thousand miles on any one side. That's interesting. We really don't know what the answers are, but we do know that there are a lot of questions. Did life begin in the ocean? Origins of the universe, it depends on, you know, the theory that you subscribe to or the truth that you know. We know that God created the earth and the ocean. There's the Big Bang Theory out there. Talks about, you know, 10 to 18 billion years ago, a formation of carbon and higher elements in the first generation of stars. Uh, there's a formation of the earth and the solar system. There is the reduction versus the oxidizing of atmosphere. And then there is the appearance of life. If we were to put it down on a timetable, we could go back billions of years. All of it is explained by the Bible and science. They do actually align in many cases. But the reality is that there are more unknowns than knowns when it comes to the ocean. We don't really know what happened. We don't know the time frame involved in the history that we've read. We don't know all of the details. There are some things we just don't know. We don't have answers to it. But I think that leads us to always question, is there life in the ocean other than uh, marine life? Was there really an Atlantis? You know, we've all heard of Aquaman. It is even uh, resurfaced in the last couple of years with uh, the J Justice League movies and the Aquaman movie. There's another one coming out, uh, I hear. And these things cause us to wonder, is there really life beneath the water surface? I don't know. We don't know. But I sure think that there's a great possibility. What do you think, folks? What do you think? You think it's true? You think it's possible? You think there could be life on another galaxy, on another planet? This is a discussion we could have forever. But I just wanted to take time on this episode to broach the subject and let you know that, hey, I think it's a great possibility. I think there's some reality to it. Uh, who knows? You know, you might be out in a, on a cruise one day and see something that you just can't explain. Whatever you do, be safe. Be careful. And um, we'll be back on the next episode. You guys take care. Thank you for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. Peace. I'm out.